0: What up? What up? Welcome to the inaugural first and sticks NFL podcast. Uh, shout out to everybody who's listening, and if you came over from the BGP crowd—that's Better Golf Pod on Twitter. Greatly appreciate all your support for everything that Spencer and I do. But quick shout out—I'm excited to uh, to do this podcast. NFL is kind of what got me into the industry. NFL DFS—that is. So this will certainly be. A DFS-minded show, um, we'll, we could talk a little bit about waivers and stuff like that as the season goes on for season log because I certainly want to cater to that community as well. That's obviously what got everybody interested in DFS, is fantasy football. There's absolutely nothing like it. It is that time of the year, so let's fucking go. We are pumped. Uh, sorry for the language if you're listening with children in the car or anything. We did post on Twitter, um, was looking for a vote on explicit language or to keep it PG. Seems like the four people that replied, shout out to all you guys, thank you, uh, they wanted just the the cut and dry raw nick on the podcast, so I do curse a lot, unfortunately, especially when talking about football, um, but if you haven't checked out WindDailySports.com, I believe we're pushing the new website out, hopefully tonight or tomorrow, it is Wednesday as I am recording this podcast Not sure if it's going to be an every Wednesday type of thing or maybe some on Thursday or maybe Friday morning. All just depends on how the week's going. I would like to keep it consistent and do Wednesdays. But, you know, as the week gets on, as the season gets longer, um, a lot more relevant news just comes later in the week. So I don't want to waste your guys' time with a podcast that's done on like a Monday night or some shit for uh, the upcoming week. And then all hell breaks loose through practice and injuries and all that good stuff. But shout out to Win Daily uh, for all the support and helping the show become a reality. Still doing the live stream on Sunday and all the articles for cash plays, GPP plays. We got dynasty articles over there. We have, you know, season long drafts, uh, waivers, all that good stuff is covered on the website. I believe we're doing a free trial over there. Um, so please reach out to me on Twitter, anybody at wind daily. We would love to have you. And it's a really fun community and everything like that. I don't want to grift or anything and talk about when daily or all these different websites that are better than the others, any shit like that. But um, a lot more written content from a lot of great people and I believe it's fairly cheap. If not, do that free trial or hit me up and uh, I'll get you access for a little bit just to see if it's something for you. If you're new to DFS, uh, all that, we want to make sure that you're educated on the way that you play and are successful. But a lot of great people out there. Jod's one of them. Follow him on Twitter. We got Dave Glock. Uh, Ghost, just so many good people in on the website there. So shout out to everybody at Wind Daily. Tony Catulio, for putting this together. I probably butchered your name. I'm sorry, Tony, um, but I'll get you on the show. Um, overall, though, the show is going to be more of a game-by-game breakdown. I think the live stream this week on Sundays or this year at Wind Daily are going to be more of like player pools and things like that. I think we're going to shorten that show up a little bit and just go position by position where this can kind of be my spot to just ramble a bunch of bullshit about all the games and coverage schemes, uh, tendencies for coaches, defenses, DFS ownership, uh, quote-unquote leverage is always funny to talk about, uh, contest selection, GPP plays versus cash plays, uh, we could talk a little bit about player props. I do have a few um, at the window right now, but again, since it's Wednesday, a lot of player props have not opened yet, but... I did see that Underdog Fantasy, not a plug, they are not sponsoring this show, but if you do sign up at Underdog or play the Best Ball Mania, probably have very little time to get in those drafts. Use promo code BGP to support the Better Golf Podcast. Um, but Underdog is like the first quote-unquote sports book. I don't know if you can call them that, um, to put out totals for player props. So yardages, uh, touchdowns, passing yards, all that good stuff. Uh, reception so pretty interesting to see someone in the fantasy community open the player prop market if you want to call it that i don't know if the sports books in vegas or these automated sports books like DraftKings, FanDuel, espn bed barstool whatever you want to call them actually consider um, looking at the market that underdog set and i believe sleeper did as well so shout out to them just getting really competitive in this player prop space so pretty cool to see i'm sure prize did as well so shout out to them um We'll hopefully have some random guests on throughout the year um, so yeah let's get into it though we will start off with some injury news I guess for the week so a lot of this won't be super fancy relevant but let's just run through it real quick so Houston we got John Messi questionable with a hamstring awesome to see him back in football I don't really like anything on the Houston side I wanted to really like Damian Pierce this week but Baltimore not a great matchup there Titus Howard was placed on the IR, one of the best run blockers for that Houston offensive line. So good luck, C.J. Stroud. Um, Probably a game I'm going to fade overall. I did love Lamar Jackson. We'll get into uh, the game-by-game here shortly in DFS terms. But Teron Armstead, left tackle out of Miami. Pretty much his whole body, I guess, is sore, so he is questionable. We'll see what happens there. One of the best linemen in football. A lot of value right now in DFS with Raheem Mostert, so we'll see what happens with Teron Armstead. It's a great game to stack. Again, we'll talk about that. I will certainly go off the rails on this show a lot, so... Oh well, um, we'll see if I can edit some of that in post-production, but keep it raw like the people want. Uh, Kalijah Cansey out of... Do, do, do for the Bucks, a rookie defensive tackle, that's right, out of pit. He's out for week one. I like Madison a little bit this week. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but not a huge blow to the Tampa Bay Bucks. but he is supposed to be a stud, uh, tore it up at Pitt, so obviously losing a defensive lineman certainly doesn't help things. Jeff Akuda, cornerback out of Atlanta, is questionable. Denzel Ward is in the concussion protocol still. He was limited today in practice, but if Denzel Ward's out, Joe Burrow is a full go, it sounds like. I mean, wheels up for T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, these pass catchers for Cincinnati. Mark Andrews out of Baltimore, questionable. He was limited today. It sounds like he's going to go uh, super cheap on DraftKings. We'll probably use DraftKings pricing just agnostically through this show. So if you're a fan a player, I apologize just for mentioning DraftKings pricing, but only going to have so many screens pulled up at one time without losing my mind. So it sounds like Andrews is going to go, but 6,200 on DraftKings, man. He was so cheap, probably a staple for my cash game. Tight end, but if he's limited in any way, we'll see. I don't know if it's you know, it's still a great price if Mark Andrews is quote unquote limited, but again, we'll get into that. Uh DeMonte Parker, I don't think that should matter to anybody for the Patriots is limited. Chase Young limited for the Washington Commanders, arguably the best matchup in football against Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Tanking Cardinals. Uh, Keep an eye on that, but that defense is still pretty loaded with or without Chase Young. Obviously, they want their best player healthy, though. Terry McLaurin, turf toe, I believe, in Washington Limited. So we'll get into that game a little bit more. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs for the Packers did not practice today. I don't think either of them are going to play. We know Christian Watson has always had some lower body issues throughout his very short tenure in the NFL, but very explosive player when on the field. I just don't think they're going to rush it, so look for... A very slow-paced game in Chicago when Green Bay comes to town. Maybe use a lot of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in that offense to kind of protect. I don't want to call Jordan Love a rookie, but, you know, he's a rookie for for our purposes. We haven't seen a whole lot from him in the fantasy game. Uh, Chandler Jones away from the team for the Las Vegas Raiders. That defense is awful and just getting worse, apparently, now that he's not going to join the team. Cooper Cup's out. We know that. Talked about Titus Howard for Houston. DJ Chark was a DNP today in practice with a hammy uh Terrace Marshall kid out of LSU um a lot of people had high hopes for him in the NFL hasn't really come to fruition yet but he was limited so maybe that is a bump up for him I don't think anybody's going to want exposure to anything on this Carolina offense week one going into Atlanta which is a, a rather solid defense especially on the run side of things but I don't know maybe some uh if you're in a super deep Dynasty League or something and needs somebody to start, maybe give Terrace Marshall a look if Chark is likely going to be out. Kendra Miller for the New New Orleans Saints did not practice. So <laughs> let's pull up this roster real quick. Sorry, I'm moving papers all over the place here. Um, who is going to run the ball for the Saints outside of Jamal Williams? It looks like the active roster currently. Kirk Merritt. Honestly, have never looked into him, never heard of him. So it looks like it's going to be the Jamal Williams show early in New Orleans player prop of 49 and a half rush yards currently at DraftKings uh minus -115 on both side um I, I don't know what to expect there but man it, i mean Tennessee i think was number 1 DVOA against the run last year so it's not like it's a great matchup we'll talk about that a little bit later again but shit while i'm here let's just talk about this Tennessee i mean they got Jeffrey Simmons Hey Tart Nico Autry, like some great, great run stoppers. So it's not like this is a home run spot for Jamal Williams, but DraftKings Pricing, 5,100. We know this guy can catch passes. He used to do it in Green Bay all the time, so he kind of just became a goal line back um, for the Detroit Lions last year. And here's some fun stats. Um, I guess we're just going right into the Jamal Williams story here early in the podcast. Off the rails, this dude had... 13 more attempts than anybody in the NFL inside the five-yard line. So I don't want to, like, shit on Jamal Williams-Chalk. It looks like he's going to be extremely, extremely popular. Um, Makes a lot of sense. 5,100 on DraftKings, But this dude had 14 touchdowns inside the five-yard line. Like, that's some red zone variance you just can't really predict. And you probably can't replicate either. So as much as I want to say Jamal Williams-Chalk is bad just due to the fact that he had 14 touchdowns inside the five-yard line last year, 33 attempts. Number two in attempts inside the five yard line was Jalen Hurts. Zeke Elliott, number three at 19. Uh, Joe Mixon, number four. Delvin Cook, five. Derrick Henry, six. So pretty funny to see just like he had 14 more attempts inside the red zone or inside the five, if you want to call that the green zone than any other running back in the NFL last year. So a lot of people will prey on emotion and recency bias. Jamal Williams was a fancy superstar last year, but it was all because of those touchdowns. On the flip side, I think there is some pass-catching ability to be had here this week without Kendra Miller likely playing. So keep an eye on that situation. And then Shaq Leonard for the Colts, I don't think anybody cares about any of that situation. So the Colts are a fucking mess right now. So let's get into the game by game. And we will start off with we're going to skip the Lions and Chiefs and Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football for the record. This will just be a main slate breakdown. So let's go to the Texans and the Ravens. Pull up the odds here for you guys as well. We can maybe mention the opening line and some movement. We have an opening number opening total at 45 and the spread at Baltimore minus nine and a half that has moved down. Uh, to 43.5 at Circa. They are a sportsbook I respect a lot. You can get 44 on the total some other places. And a 10-point favorite for Baltimore without Titus Howard. I wanted to talk myself into playing Damian Pierce. I don't think he's going to be owned at all. Let's go to that ownership. Ownership projection right now, 4%. I was telling myself that this would be a very slow-paced game, and really the only way that Houston can stay in this game is to run the living hell out of the ball keep it out of CJ Stroud's hands don't let him make mistakes but I don't know man I I don't think this will be a boat race by any means but I just don't see how you could be interested in anything on the Houston side you know we talked about John Mechie Robert Woods Nico Collins I don't think any of those guys are in play for DFS unless you're just a super contrarian player so not interested in anything there was interested in Pierce but probably not going to get there now especially when we just talked about guys like Jamal Williams for $700 less, but so is the field. We will talk about some pivots later. The Ravens, uh, I guess just overall for Houston real quick, though, we will talk about some changes on that team uh, coaching-wise. So we got D'Amico Ryans now, um, the defensive coordinator from San Fran last year, is going to be the head coach. So this will probably be a very defensive-minded team. They do have a lot of young talent on the defensive side. Bobby Slowick. Out of the Shanahan style of outside zone running, that's kind of where I was really interested in Pierce, especially if no one's going to take his role for a little bit. Like, he's a three-down back. There's not a ton of those guys left in the NFL. Certainly, there's going to be competition behind him, but can't really get there. So, they're probably going to shift a lot heavier toward the run. Last year, they only had 23.4 rush attempts per game. The tempo was nothing really crazy, but I, I would assume that they slow it down a bit this year. Pretty creative offense with anybody out of the Shanahan uh, family tree there with Bobby Slowick. So I wrote here early in the season for season-long draft. If Pierce gets 40% of the passing work that CMC got in San Francisco, it could be a big year for him. But, you know, we'll see. I don't think this is a matchup for him. On the Ravens side of things, That they got Todd Monken out of Georgia. And... Uh, I believe he was an offensive coordinator with Cleveland and perhaps Tampa Bay as well. I don't really remember his role at Tampa Bay, but I do want to say he was with them. This is awesome for Lamar. I think it's a great year for Lamar. It's going to be a faster-paced offense. These guys played so slow last year, averaging 30.2 seconds per play towards the bottom five of the NFL, if I want to say. Don't fact-check me there. Um, but it's going to be faster with Monk in there and a much more balanced uh, offense in terms of run pass. Last year, they only had 28.7 pass attempts per game towards the bottom five again. uh, This should be a more spread offense. I think we're going to see Lamar throw it a little bit more, so that should be fun to watch. But again, I just... I don't think we need to pay a premium for Lamar Jackson in a slow-paced game against Houston where they are a double-digit favorite. Again, the line is moving away from that opening total of 45 points. Do have a lot of weapons on the the Baltimore side here. Shot Bateman looks like he's healthy. Odell Beckham, apparently good to go. Love to watch the rookie Zay Flowers and what happens from this offense. I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy value in this offense overall throughout the year. But again, just don't really love to pay a premium for lamar jackson what is his price tag 8k flat sub 10 percent ownership though but again when i'm rostering a quarterback i kind of want a back and forth game to where we can really get a ceiling but with a guy that runs like lamar jackson you could probably get a ceiling game just because he's capable of taking it 60 yards of the house at any time just like jalen hurts panthers at the falcons oh god i don't even know what to say about this game we have an opening total of 43 if you got on the under early you have some significant closing line value call your mortgage banker or whatever and see if you could pay this month's mortgage with closing line value as we always like to talk about in the betting space but man this total plummeted it is now 39 and a half exclusively everywhere and the falcons open as a two and a half point favorite now down to or up to a three and a half point favorite so not a whole lot of good things to say about Carolina I don't see anybody in this backfield really taking much away from Miles Sanders another guy who was elusive inside that green zone inside the five yard line last year with Philly but there is absolutely zero sex appeal for me in Carolina maybe you could talk yourself into playing Carolina's defense I believe they are 2600 let's go to that game on the pricing And, again, while we're talking here, if you guys have any suggestions, any recommendations, things you want to hear, let me know. This uh, this show blueprint is not set in stone by any means. 2,600 on drafting, so you could probably play Carolina's defense if you want to. Just don't know how much Ritter's going to throw. And when he did throw last year, he was rather conservative, so probably not a game where you get multiple pick sixes and can somehow pivot off of the, the Washington Commanders' chalk D., On the Falcons side of things, I mean, it's going to be the Bijan Robinson show. We're uh, very excited to watch him. You could certainly play the Falcons defense as well on the other side there with Bryce Young. Probably going to have a very hard time uh, adapting to the NFL for the first couple of weeks, especially with that roster right now and how banged up the receiving core is. I believe Adam Thielen was limited to the ghost of Adam Thielen, that old man. but. I have no interest in Desmond Ritter at 4,900. Probably not going to pay a premium for Bijan Robinson at 8K on DraftKings. It doesn't look like the field is either, though. Sub 10% ownership projection right now. Just look at other guys in that price range. And again, this is how you can get different though. So me personally, probably not playing Bijan, but if you want to get different from, I don't know, Nick Chubb's ownership's pretty not even that high either. So I don't know. I just, I don't think Tyler Elgier is going to die right off the bat. I think we'll see some of him. We're going to see Cordero, but again, I just don't think this is a great game to get exposure to with that low of a total. So probably not going to pay a premium for Bijan Robinson. I want to see what his role is. I'm assuming he doesn't leave the field. They use so much capital in getting him, but nothing for me. I'm not Probably not going to play Drake London. Does grade out as a very good value in terms of points per dollar. Not really interested there, though. Let's go to the Bengals. Um, do, 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 do. do we have any notes on? Not a whole lot of changes there. Maybe on the defense with uh, Ryan Nielsen coming over from New Orleans. So should be a good defense for the Falcons. So excited to see them play. I think they can, can compete for this division. It all just depends on what Ritter can do. If he can game manage and be Johns as good as we think. Should be cool to see. So let's go to the Bengals. Joe Burrow, good to go. So that'll be awesome. Um, Jamar Chase grades out as the number two wide receiver on the slate for me. We'll get into number one shortly. But this game opened at 47.5. Cincinnati minus 2.5. Pretty much sitting there right now. So um, no concerns there. A low-key shootout. I don't see a ton of ownership on this game. Let's go to that on my projections here team total of 25 for Cincinnati so finally getting over the 20s we Atlanta was 21 and a half Baltimore has got a very high implied team total at 26.75 you could run all over Houston last year so I don't want to skip over J.K. Dobbins at 6600 certainly could be a good play in GPPs the game script on paper makes a lot of sense a 10 point home favorite is something we always want to get exposure to with the running backs just not sure how much gusts the bus we're going to see but J.K. Dobbins obviously uh, forgot him earlier, but should be a great spot. Nick Chubb, ownership sub 10%. I think he's a nut RB1 on this slate. Um, Nick Chubb's probably not going to leave the field for a while. This is finally a time. Uh, we haven't seen it in a couple of years for Nick Chubb. Going to be do some pass catching. So really excited to see what the sportsbooks open on his reception prop. I hope it's like 25 and right around, you know, minus 110, minus 115. I, I hope that it, you know, hate that it's a 30 cent line on player props for the most part in the legal betting space. But I got Nick Chubb projected for well, 2.84 catches. So not a ton of value on the receiving side if 2.5 is the opener. If we can get a one and a half opening line on receptions, I will pounce all over that. Um, absolutely love Jamar Chase. So. I did a little write up on Win Daily Sports about that, so you can kind of look into that a little bit more. But the Browns D is going to play a lot of Cover One with Jim Schwartz now, manning their defense. That is advantage Jamar Chase. We'll also see some Cover Three, so that's kind of a little bit more. We'll see Joe Mixon in the check down game. Uh, T Higgins get a little more involved, but with that Cover One man, Jamar Chase is an absolute killer against man defense. I will give you the little write up against cover one, especially, um, third in reception yards per game in 2022 against cover one ninth in receptions per game against cover one and ninth in targets per game against cover one. So Jamar chase wheels up as long as uh, Joe Burrow is good to go. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fantasy value here on the Cleveland side. Sean Watson at six K sub 10%. Very interested in that. I just don't know. Like, I, I don't want to tell you to play everybody, but certainly give him a look. Joe Burrow at 7,100 on DraftKings. I'll probably stay away um, just with the calf injury. It doesn't scare me a whole lot, but not going to get there. Just can't play everybody. But this is a certainly, certainly great fantasy, sexy environment. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase is going to be a priority play for me. It looks like he's 15% ownership projection. He'll be a priority play for most. T. Higgins at a discount, 6,800, 15% ownership projection there as well. I'm just going to go Jamar Chase. There's plenty of value. Again, you could read my article too, so it kind of uncovers how we find some of those values. Uh, Amari Cooper, 5,800, super, super cheap there. Uh, The Bengals defense kind of going to mix it up all over the place. They play a little bit of cover one man. They play a lot of zone with the cover two and cover three. Against cover two, uh, David Njoku should be in a great spot. Against cover three, that's uh, what we saw out of Watson last year, and this offense really leaned on Amari Cooper. Then against a cover one man, David Njoku and Amari Cooper. And then against a Bengals team that probably will not blitz a lot, that is uh, David Njoku. So really good spot for David Njoku. I did write down here that I want to look at his opening reception prop. I haven't seen that yet, but... I do have Najoku projected for 3.82 catches. So, probably not a value on the sportsbook side. I'm sure they're going to open 3.5. So, again, I usually want to have 10 to 15% of a perceived edge. And if you need to know how to figure that out, just reach out to me on Twitter. But I certainly will not have that if the books open 3.5 uh, receptions for the prop for David Najoku. But Amari Cooper's really cheap. I got him projected for 14.28. Fantasy points at 5,800, that is pretty damn good value. Um, one of the chalkiest players on the whole slate, Elijah Moore, 3,800. I'm seeing 20% ownership. That's, I always preach getting cheap exposure to high total games, You know, especially ones that should be fantasy shootouts, which this should be. I just don't know what to expect with Elijah Moore. Really didn't see a whole lot from Deshaun Watson targeting the slot last year. Amari Cooper went in there a little bit. And certainly, you know, thrived in that role too. But, you know, Watson does have a decent history of targeting slot receivers when he was at Houston. But I don't know if this is a good cover scheme for that. So Elijah Moore will be a fade for me in GPPs just solely based on a guy that's punt price and going to be 20% owned. Uh, Probably will lock him in in cash. The only thing for me in cash and many people out there, I'll give a shout out to, you know, Jeff Manns. He kind of taught me a lot in the space just, you know, through his verbal uh show on serious uh xm fantasy um years ago just said you know you don't really want to stack in cash games because you don't want to have that many eggs in one basket i don't want two browns players in my cash game lineup and right now i don't care about the ownership i'm leaning nick chubb to be a cash game running back for me so that'll probably push me off elijah more but in cash you kind of want to follow some of the ownership just because it's a free square it doesn't really matter if elijah moore has a good game or a bad game if he's 20 percent projected right now for all tournaments i would suggest that's probably going to be around 30 to 40 percent in cash games so if he has a dud you know 30 to 40 percent of the field's taking a dud it doesn't really hinder your ability to hit the pay line there you can get different elsewhere um probably not going to play any of these defenses now that joe burrow is back in the game was interested in the browns defense earlier um this august i should say when we thought joe burrow may be out for a little bit but not going there 49ers Steelers don't really have much to say about this game i did bet the over when it opened at 40 and a half it is now at 41 and a half pretty much across the board san francisco is laying three points so little bit of favorite there. I will talk about the coverage scheme here. Any coaching notes? I don't think a whole lot changed for the 49ers. Obviously, D'Amico Ryans is gone. Uh, Steve Wilkes from Carolina is going to be their defensive coordinator. I mean, Carolina gave up some huge, huge games to opposing quarterbacks. So if you want to get crazy different, this could be an up-tempo sneaky shootout. I mean, I know the total's moving up too, and I do have the favorable closing line value but a team total of 19 and for Kenny Pickett and the Steelers zero percent owner projection on Pickett I'm sure that's the same for George Pickens and Deontay Johnson yes sub three percent on both of them Friar probably in a good spot here he's a little higher eight percent projected currently again on a Wednesday but um so Steelers D on their side of things I mean, again, I'll talk about real quick. Najee Harris and everybody's favorite player to fucking talk about right now, Jalen Warren. I really don't have any interest in anybody on the Pittsburgh side. But, again, if you want to get weird into a GPP, I could see Kenny Pickett in this offense having a, a relatively big game for their prices. For the San Francisco offense, um, we'll probably see the the Steelers deast do what they always do, play a ton of man, cover one there, and a lot of cover two, one of the few teams that still does. But against a cover one, That is advantage Brandon Ayuk, forty nine hundred for Sam Francisco against Cover Two. That is George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. Based on what we saw last year and this offense, and Pittsburgh's gonna blitz a lot too. That is advantage Brandon Ayuk. So forty nine hundred for Brandon Ayuk, not bad. We'll check the ownership here, four percent. I mean that is a really really cheap for a guy that can explode. We know he's got the big playability, the run after catch, uh, yards after contact, all the good acronyms that fancy nerds like to talk about, but Debo Samuel, 5,500, like on principle, I was like, okay, you almost got to jam him into a cash lineup just because it's Debo, and we'll we'll see some rushing, we'll see some, um, you know, significant reception ability here, let's see what I got him projected for, I got him for 4.5 catches on the button for 54.6 yards, Brandon Ayuk, four catches for 52 yards, so the value would certainly go a little bit more towards Ayuk, but man, just Looking at Debo Samuel at 5500 makes me very, very interested. And George Kittle's price is 5700 So all these Niners are very cheap. Brock Purdy certainly had a really good connection with George Kittle last year, kind of put him back to life. Ayuk was kind of his guy as well, and we saw Debo decline a little bit. But Debo was kind of banged up all season long. So he's healthy now. I just trust Kyle Shanahan will get him involved. So 5500 for Debo is is pretty interesting. The Cardinals and Washington, I'm not going to say shit about the Cardinals. If you're a Cardinals fan, please don't go to a football game. What they're doing right now is pathetic. I don't understand how they're allowed to just straight up tank like that. Literally have no interest in James Conner. I know he's a guy that's probably never going to leave the field. I got him projected for 14.89 points, but Washington's defense is respectable and the whole world is probably going to play Washington's defense. I wrote in my article, like usually a great way to get different is just not to play the chalk defense, but you really don't get a 3x value guarantee in DFS very often. And at 2800 on DraftKings, the commanders are going over, you know, eight and a half, nine points. So I just don't see how the Cardinals move the ball at all. On If you want to think contrarianly, Against the Commanders, you know, maybe the the downside there is there's just not a lot going on in those football games. Josh Dobbs probably isn't going to pass it a whole lot, and he does limit the mistakes from the little bit of Josh Dobbs we've seen. So maybe not a lot of opportunities for strip sacks and pick sixes and things like that that can make that chalk defense really explode. So I certainly think you could get different, but play the Commanders in your DraftKings cash games on the Commander side of the football Eric Biannimi, now the OC, and Sam Howell, 4,900, the cheap quarterback of the week, ownership projection of 12% right now. As much as I don't want to because I worry about this game, and it did open at a total of 40 and moved down to 38.5 to 38 at some books. I believe Circa's got 38 flat, and the Commanders are now a touchdown favorite of 7 points. Give me the extra point there, too, obviously. Uh Terry McLaurin working with a turf toe we talked about earlier. Um sounds like he should be good to go, but it's just like if Terry's not there, are people gonna play Jahan Dotson and make him chalk? It looks like it. 14% ownership at 5k. I have no interest in Jahan Dotson on either side of things. Could be shame on me. I'm just not really a, a true believer in that situation. I, I just love Terry McLaurin. I think Sam Howell and him should tear it up in this matchup. The Cardinals defense is fucking terrible. Um, So, Sam Howell, 4,900. I think it's probably smart to consider him in cash games. Usually, I don't like the punt quarterback, but I may do it in this matchup. I mean, Sam Howell, we player prop right around 206 passing yards. Um, Passing touchdown prop at 1.5. Juice is on the over, so they are projecting a little less. I have him at 1.5 on the dot, too, so that's pretty funny to see me. Um, my projection is I guess so close to the market without looking at player props prior to doing it. So I, I think that's a good thing. I would rather be close to the market than significantly different than the market. I, I had this Twitter beef with someone on uh, golf, when I posted my outrights and my implied probabilities for golf outrights. And they're like, Oh, it looks, you know, very similar to the draft board or the betting board. Like, yeah, no shit. If your models are way different than what proven sports books have for years, you know, I would be a little bit concerned coming from a math standpoint on where you're getting your numbers. So um, I am proud that a lot of these are right on market. But I got Sam Howell projected for 15.99 fantasy points. I'm significantly lower than the market on that. Looks like I'm seeing 17, 17 and a half on all the different outlets out there that project football games. But still, if you know, let's call it 16 for easy math, that's still a pretty damn good value. That's over 3x value on Sam Howell. Certainly can consider him in cash games uh the running back situation brian robinson's dirt cheap 5100 antonio gibson 5200 don't i don't i just don't know what to do with that situation so i'm probably going to fade um it a little bit of exposure to brian robinson we talked about jamal williams being the nut chalk of all chalk at the running back position if you want to pivot away from that brian robinson or antonio gibson may be the guy i just you know had such a headache last year playing isaiah pacheco with the enemy there in kansas city i was playing pacheco just to get cheap exposure to the kansas city offense i would not say the washington commander's offense is the kansas city offense so i don't think i need to get cheap exposure to it knowing that there was a timeshare with uh, jarek mckinnon so there's going to be a timeshare with antonio gibson but i think brian robinson will run some routes too pacheco started to run a lot of routes towards the end of the season last year so there is standalone value in both those running backs. I would lean Brian Robinson. I uh, talked about the receivers a little bit. Logan Thomas, um, Colt Turner. If Logan Thomas does not play, he's still questionable at three thousand two hundred. Colt Turner at twenty five hundred, the nut low price on tight ends. I think Colt Turner is a big body play. You know, big body, pass catching tight end who can make a lot of splashes in the red zone. So keep an eye on him. If it's absolutely gross, but if Logan Thomas doesn't go. And you're interested in playing Sam Howell elsewhere, like you could even stack him with Cole Turner, and you're still cheaper than playing Lamar Jackson solo. So could be interesting, but I have absolutely no interest in the Arizona side. So no run, uh, bring backs there, if you want to call it that. And uh, I'll just talk some strategy real quick. A bring back is just when you, you know, you stack a game or play a combo there with uh, let's just say you're playing Sam Howell and you're playing Terry McLaurin, you know, a lot of people out there will say Yo, you should have a bring back and you know you're playing that lineup in a gpp so that game shoots out so someone on the other side has to do something if sam howell and cole turner or sam howell and terry mclaurin have a ceiling game which if you're playing a gpp you likely want your quarterback to be in a spot where he could have a ceiling game and same with the wide receiver the pass catcher or whoever you're stacking them with or comboing them with whatever the fuck term you want to use i just say stacking um you likely want to have Someone pushing the pace on the other side so your quarterback continues to throw the ball to your pass catcher that you stacked him with. So uh, I don't see that happening here, and neither does Vegas with a total under 40. Bucks-Vikings, I am very interested in this game. So we talked about a pivot away from Jamal Williams at 5100 If you could find the salary, I don't think many people are going to play Rashad White. I do see his ownership projection at 8% right now. Uh, 5,500, probably a guy that just doesn't leave the field because Sean Vaughn pretty much left the team, it sounds like, since he moved further down the depth chart. Chase Edmonds still battling some injury. I know people want to talk about Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker's likely not going to step into a big role right off the bat, so I do have a ton of uh, interest in Rashad White, a pass-catching running back. I have him for 3.4 catches, 24 receiving yards, 50 rushing yards, so all-purpose error right around 75, and decent probability of scoring a touchdown I'd have him probably right around plus 130 um, do not know what the market's at there so we'll look at that later Kate Otten, really cheap tight end for Tampa Bay I mean Chris Godwin you know Baker Mayfield and saw receivers what he did with Jarvis Landry Chris Godwin's pretty cheap at 5900 not going to get there with Mike Evans but this could be a low-key shootout too so let's talk about this live movement here what did we open with? 45. It is sitting at 45. Some books pushed it up to 45 and a half. With the Vikings opening at a six and a half point favorite, that is gone down to six flat. I did take the Bucks at six and a half. So on the half point good side of that line currently. I don't know. But this Minnesota defense is not good. Um, I know they did bring in help, obviously with. Brian Flores now being the defensive coordinator, so I respect the hell out of him, kind of still the the old school in me that respects the Patriots' tee. So I do expect Minnesota's defense to be a lot better, but still they just don't really have the personnel that scares me. So I think the Bucs can put up a fight in this game. It's just whether or not you trust Baker Mayfield. But if you wanted to go a double stack of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin or Chris Godwin and Kate Otten at 3,300, who's super cheap and 1% owned, Kate Otten's going to run a lot of routes. And does have significant um, matchup advantages here. Kadon's a pretty good pass catcher, so the bring back or the run back, whatever you want to call it, would obviously be Justin Jefferson. If you have any interest in punting the KJ Osborne, I'm not going to pay 4,300 for KJ Osborne when there's other players in the 3K range that I think get similar volume. Not going to play Jordan Addison. It'll be a wait and see, but I really don't have a ton of uh, interest in Justin Jefferson. I do respect this secondary for Tampa Bay still solid there and you know we have Todd Bowles so I always respect Todd Bowles he's a defensive minded coach so I don't think this Bucks staff on the defensive side of things or the Bucks personnel on the defensive side of things really took that big of a hit this year but I think you'd run all over him um, especially again we talked about uh, the rookie Klaje Kansi uh, being out as defensive tackle um, probably more of a pass rusher too but i like this spot for alexander madison so six point favorite at home doesn't scream play the running back but 6500 for a guy that's probably not going to leave the field i know ty chandler out of north carolina was very interested in him last year got the rb2 job but i just don't know how much they're going to use him early so alexander madison a guy on an offense with a team total of 26 points that's going to get the red zone touches yeah I'm, i'm certainly interested in alexander madison if you could uh if you could afford him. But again, Justin Jefferson, he's always gonna be one of the top projected wide receivers. I got him for twenty point eight nine. So he's actually number two. I mentioned Jamar Chase was number two. Jamar Chase is number three in my projections. And uh Tyreek Hill's number one. So we'll get to that. But yeah, so a lot of interest in this game. Uh if you're crazy, you could stack the bucks and hope a one percent Baker Mayfield at what is his price? Forty nine hundred, the same as Sam Howell. So a lot of people are Going to play Sam Howell in GPP. I don't understand why anybody would do that. Obviously, to save salary, but again, I want ceiling games out of my quarterbacks if I play them. This could certainly be a ceiling game for Baker Mayfield. It's just whether or not he's worth a shit. I don't know. That is up to you, but it is a risk, but one that could pay off great because you know the pass catching volume is going to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Kate Otten, you know, Rashad White. So um, you know who to stack him with. So it's not like it's a confusing pass funnel situation to figure out on where the target share is going to but let's go to the Jags I really don't have any interest in this game um, the Colts on the other side are just an absolute goddamn disaster uh, everybody projects well for the for the Jags but again I just don't see the Colts putting up much of a fight or if they do they're going to slow down the pace a lot and make this a game that Trevor Lawrence just can't explode on but Trevor Lawrence could certainly throw for 250 yards and three touchdowns pretty quickly and they go up 21 nothing and take the air out of the ball. At the price, 6500 That's getting up there where I just don't see Trevor Lawrence having a ceiling game. So probably out on that situation. We'll love to see what the target dispersions go like with Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley. I don't think Zay Jones is much of a threat, but Evan Ingram still going to get his. Excited to see Tank Bigsby. I know everybody's talking about him. I think he will have a significant role, especially in the red zone. I will not be playing Travis Etienne. Um, but his ownership is quite low; it's under 10%. So you know, a guy that can catch some passes and break off a long run, score a touchdown or two. I just again don't see this game going very high, and you know, in in the scoring department, that is. I'm just fucking making up words now, but not really interested in that one. Um, opening total of 43. That has got bet up to 46 at some books, 45 and a half now. So it does look like the betting market thinks this game will go a little bit. And Jacksonville opened up as a three and a half point favorite, now sitting at five at circa and five at most books. We could get some four and a halfs there too. So the public loves this Jacksonville offense, and they do have a team total of 25. So if you want to get exposure to it, it is. Certainly a fruitful fantasy spot to do so. Again, I just don't see Indy putting up a fight. Um, Let's check the ownership on Deion Jackson. So Deion Jackson's obviously mispriced, but um, Zach Moss practiced today. It is Wednesday. I don't think he's going to play. I'm assuming he's just getting in some work to get back into shape for week two because he missed some time with a broken hand or broken arm, whatever the hell it was. I just, Deion Jackson, 20% owned will be the fate of a lifetime for me in GPPs. I hope it doesn't kill me. I just don't play punt chalk running backs on bad offenses, and that's exactly what this is. But again, in cash, like we talked with uh, Elijah Moore, he's a value there, 4,100. You probably just play him in cash. I have him projected for 11.67 points. So, you know, close to 3X value. It's just, for me, I'll play him if he's going to be 50% on cash games because it doesn't really matter what he does at that point. But I will not be going there in GPPs, Um, not telling you not to do it, just being clear with you that I certainly will not be doing that shit, just not interested, Um, and we'll probably see some Evan hole too. Titans and the Saints, I don't have much interest in this game, opened up at 42, now bet down to 41 and and 41.5, depending on where you're looking. Saints opened as a a 3.5-point favorite, pretty much sitting still there at 3.5 or 3. Not... Not interested, I don't think, at all. Anything on the Titans side that I've talked about? No, it's pretty much the same staff. Tim Kelly's going to be the offensive coordinator now. He's always been with the Titans for recent years, I guess. So they'll probably play a lot quicker. Um, It's been a snail's pace the last couple seasons. We're going to see Derrick Henry catch some balls too. Uh, A lot of 12 personnel, so two tight ends. I just don't really like anybody on this team. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is always just a special, special talent, but... That secondary for New Orleans Saints is very good. They do have some playmakers. Marshawn Lattimore, Tyron Matthew. So I like the Saints defense at 3,400. And they're going to be like sub-5% owned, I think. Let me pull that up. Way to be prepared, Nick, you dumbass. Yeah, sub-5% owned. So I like the Saints defense a lot. You compare him with Chalk Jamal Williams. <laughs> Jamal Williams' ownership went up on the podcast. 30% owned. So everybody's playing Jamal. Uh, they must have... Received the news about Mr. Uh, Kendra Miller. So, Tony Jones, I think, is going to be activated for this game, too. So, that is fucking gross. So, yeah, Jamal Williams is uh, all they got. But Derek Carr actually projected pretty damn well for me. I got him for 245 passing yards, over one and a half touchdowns, so 1.6. No value in betting that prop, though, in my opinion. 17 points fantasy. So, we'll see Michael Thomas finally return and be healthy. Mr. Catch a Slant and Dive to the Ground. So the Slant, slant Guy, whatever the NFL calls him. But Chris Olave, uh, 4.82 catches projected, 68 yards. Pretty decent value there. Let's check the ownership on him at 6,500, 15%. So someone to keep an eye on in cash games. I think he'll be uh, pretty uh, pretty active in the fantasy community this year. Or, well, this year, obviously, he's a stud, but this week in terms of ownership. I'm probably not going to get there. Again, I just don't see a ceiling game out of this offense, but they do project pretty well for me. A team total of 22.25. We talked about the uh, the front seven there for uh, the Titans. It is not a running matchup you want to exploit, but at 5,100 and likely passing down work for Jamal Williams, the ownership is warranted that we talked about. Um, one of my favorite games in terms of value, the Raiders at the Broncos. What do we open up with there? 44.5. It is sitting at 44.5. Some books went down to 44. Broncos opened up as a three-point favorite. I should have jumped all over that, but I waited like a dumbass. It is now 3.5 to 4. I just don't see how the Raiders put up much of a fight, but it's Josh McDaniels. Um, He's worked with Jimmy Garoppolo in the past, too, so I do trust this offense a little bit. Josh Jacobs is back. Um, So the Broncos' D you know what we're going to get out of there. Uh, Vance Joseph, having the time of his life. If you guys know the quote, that's uh, pretty funny. Is back in town as a defensive coordinator and on the offensive side of things. I mean, everything that anybody should be excited about is Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi sinking back up. So Joe Lombardi, pretty much the guy that made Alvin Kamara uh, the pass-catching superstar that he is, and Austin Eckler as well in the Chargers offense. So it should be really beautiful to see Javante Williams this year from a fantasy standpoint I won't get there in week one because I just don't trust that Sean Payton's actually going to give him the big workload he was quoted saying today Um, we'll probably see a lot of Samash AP Ryan too so I'm going to stay away from that running back situation but I absolutely love Russ in this spot I'm a firm believer in his talent still Um, honestly the best weeks I had in DFS last year were rostering Russ Uh, as bad as the years he had I seem to have him on the right days it was I think it was that game against kansas city he just went absolutely nuts in the second half and uh, got me a ticket to the live final and i believe i played him against the raiders early in the year and got me to a live final as well so my two tickets were thanks to russ so thanks russ now you actually have a coaching staff uh jerry judy's out we are obviously know that so that kind of sucks but it opens up a ton of value for Cortland sutton and potentially marvin mims but on the broncos defense side of things they're going to play a ton of cover three that's what vance joseph does and a lot of blitz so for the raiders that is advantage Devontae Adams and the tight end spot and also the running back spot against that, that blitz. So the checkdowns and the flats there. Uh, get rid of it quick, Jimmy. Um, going to Josh Jacobs there. But really looked into josh uh josh mcdaniels and jimmy g just overall against cover three defenses and heavy blitz jimmy actually grades pretty damn well there as bad as he was last year i mean last year was a terrible sample size for him 66 percent completion rate against the blitz and a 62 percent completion rate against the cover three i think that's an outlier based on what he's done in the past when he was healthy in 2021 uh 74 percent completion rate again that was with Kyle Shanahan so they probably just had a better coaching staff knew this shit was coming uh, against the blitz and then a 70 percent completion rate against cover three so pretty damn strong and similar numbers in 2019 so I think Jimmy will be well prepared for this game it's a divisional game Josh McDaniels is not going to go out there and just get his ass kicked so there will be a fight here so love Devontae Adams as a bring back to a Russell Wilson Cortland Sutton stack or you know Greg Dulcich playing the the quote-unquote Joker role um He's going to be 1% owned there. So let's talk about ownership on this game. Uh, don't have a ton of love for Josh Jacobs, but, man, no one's going to get the ball in that backfield besides him. Maybe we'll see a little, Zamir White. But Josh Jacobs, 3% owned right now at 7,700, makes a ton of sense just based on volume alone. But you're starting to pay a little bit of a premium for that volume when you can get it for guys, you know, again, Jamal Williams, 5,100, probably not leaving the field. I talked about the Broncos side of the running back situation. Not really interested there. But like I mentioned, this tight end situation for the Raiders is something to monitor. I'm going to play some Austin Hooper. It's fucking gross. Um, He's 3K flat. He is listed as the tight end one. Did not play much at all in the preseason. He was traded there too a little bit later in camp. So they brought in a veteran probably because they don't like Michael Mayer that much right now he's certainly going to be a superstar someday he was awesome in college but the pass blocking and run blocking was not very good from what we saw in the preseason I just watched a little bit of that Dallas game and just seems like a guy that's a little raw still so I, th- I think Austin Hooper is going to run some routes and he's I got him projected for 3.2 catches so 8.49 points looking at fantasy projections right now I don't see anybody having over four points on Austin Hooper so that is a red flag. Like granted, like I said, I want to be close to the market on most things that I do, but you know, we kind of uncovered the Christian Watson game last year coming, uh, if you were a win daily person. So I'm pretty fucking confident in the work that I do. And I, I just think that Austin Hooper is going to get, you know, like a three to four catch game for 35, 40 yards. If he can get in the red zone, man, that three K, if he can get in the end zone, I should say like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a absolute disgusting dart in GPPs, but someone I'm going to keep an eye on because I don't think Michael Mayer is going to get let loose right away. Um, Greg Dolcich, 1% owned. I think it's a very, very high upside type of spot for him. The Raiders' defense is fucking terrible, like I said. The cornerbacks are fucking terrible, so I love Corlin Sutton. For some reason, his ownership projection is at 5%. There's just no way that's true. I think Cortland Sutton is worth a damn near lock in cash games, but Uh, Raiders defense is going to play a lot of cover one, a lot of man, a little bit balanced zone, kind of mixing everything. Cover two, cover three, cover four. Um, That's pretty much advantage Sutton and Dulcich. And then against the blitz that the Raiders will likely bring a decent amount. That will be Javante Williams, based on what we saw Joe Lombardi do against opponents who blitz a lot. So again, I just don't know if it's going to be Javante Williams all day long because coming off a significant knee injury, but. The system that made Austin Eckler, obviously Austin Eckler is a great player too, a great pass catcher, has a knack for the end zone, a really good small red zone running back. You don't see that often, but a damn bowling ball in there and scores a lot of touchdowns. But this is a system that made him a fancy superstar coming to Denver, so keep an eye on that. But absolutely love Cortland Sutton at the price of 5200 And like I said, I have a weird feeling that Austin Hooper is in a good spot if Denver's offense comes out and pushes the pace Scores points like I think they will with Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and Joe Lombardi. Game of the week, pretty much for our fantasy aspect here, is the Chargers and Miami. Superstars fucking everywhere, so absolutely love it. Let's check the point total on that one. Opened up at 48 and a half damn that line moved a lot 50 and a half and 51 right now is a total pretty much at every book out there chargers opened up as 3 point favorite holding strong as a 3 point favorite this game should be a shootout number 1 wide receiver for me is Tyreek Hill absolutely love him chargers are probably going to be the most heavy man coverage team defense in the NFL they'll play a little bit of cover 3 as well and a good blitz but against cover 1 man and uh i guess they'll play a little bit of maybe cover 2 man too but Tyreek Hill, man, everything is just advantage Tyreek. Some cover three. I have advantage Tyreek. A little bit of waddle, decent blitz. Was an uptick to waddle, but still advantage Tyreek. This dude just a superstar. He's gonna. It's he's still priced too cheap. What is his price? Eighty two hundred. He should be damn near nine k. The guy's gonna get twelve targets. All his team does is pass uh, when two is healthy. So Tyreek's a lock for me everywhere. Just gonna do that. Uh, Keenan Allen on the other side is quite expensive. It's seventy three hundred. Looks like fantasy ownership is not going to pay up for that, so if you want to get different in this game, play Keenan Allen. I know that sounds weird. Like Yeah, of course Keenan Allen's in a great spot in the shootout, but people don't want to pay $7,300 for him. I get it. Uh, Miami is going to play a lot of zone under new defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. A ton of cover four. Probably not going to blitz a lot. Um, That is advantage Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And also the running back situation for the Chargers, which is Austin Eckler. But we got Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator now. So also going to see a lot of two tight end sets in the red zone. So I did hint in my article, I took Donald Parham to score a touchdown at plus 750 on DraftKings. I don't know if that price is still there, but that's just pissing away money. But uh, I have it priced at like plus 490. So I'm going to take the perceived edge that my numbers have, Um, but Dude, Mike Williams, 5,700, 15% owned. I, I just think it's a great play. As much as I want to tell you to fade the ownership, Mike Williams is just such a beast. Has, you know, three to four inches on any cornerback in the NFL that he's going to face. A great offense. He's healthy. Probably fired up, too, that they drafted Quentin Johnson. So look for a great spot here for Mike Williams at 5,700 on drafting. is just too valuable. But, again, no one's playing Keenan Allen because he's priced so high. Should be a great spot. Keenan Allen is a zone killer and he's healthy and he's going to move around the formation now with Kellen Moore instead of just being stuck in the slot like it was last year and years past with uh, I think Anthony Lynn, uh, blast from the past. Uh, Raheem Mostert though, running back for Miami, sub five percent ownership tag. I just don't believe that. But another pivot off of Jamal Williams or shit. You could pair him with Jamal Williams. I don't see anybody else in this offense getting touches. Salvin Ahmed, I believe, is still potentially hurt. Devin A-Chain, or Devon A. Chain uh, is healthy. I don't think we'll see a ton of him, but he will run some routes. But Raheem Mostert, I have projected for two catches, so that's pretty valuable for a guy like him. Uh, 12 yards receiving, I have Devon A. Chain for 1.3 catches, 12 yards receiving, um, 54 yards rushing for Mostert, and Speed pretty damn good almost even money on the implied probability of a touchdown so good value on Raheem Mostert with Jeff Wilson on the IR. Mostert's always been a really really good player just can't stay on the field he's healthy right now this is a defense you historically could run on so getting cheap exposure to high total games if no one's gonna play fucking Raheem Mostert let's do it I think that's a really good spot you can kind of probably play value running backs across the board uh, tight end spot, Gerald Everett is uh, is in a good spot. Like I mentioned, I will actually give you the projection I have for the Chargers. Now with Kellen Moore, so the 2022 results for the Chargers offense. Tight ends received a 17% target share. I have that projected this season to 20.5, so a 3.5% uh, percent increase, which is nice. Uh, wide receivers had a 56% target share last year. Under Joe Lombardi this year, I have 60% with the new regime of Kellen Moore. And running backs had a 26% target share, Ila Austin Eckler still being drafted top five in fantasy because everybody's looking at last year's results. I have that down 6% this year to 20% target share to the running backs. But the end zone share goes significantly up for the tight ends. Last year it was 24%. This year I have it projected to 32%. So 8% boost in the end zone targets. That's kind of why we play punt tight ends is hoping they score a touchdown because – if you're not playing Kelsey, you're not playing Mark Andrews, maybe Darren Waller if you want to put him in that. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk about Kyle Pitts. He certainly doesn't deserve it, but uh, you kind of play these cheap tight ends hoping they score a touchdown. There is value on the Chargers' tight end position this season, according to my numbers. So Gerald Everett, um, honorable mention, and then Donald Parham. I wouldn't play him in DFS, but – uh, 750 to score a touchdown when they're going to run some two tight end sets in the red zone it is pretty interesting the Rams offense without Cooper Cup's probably going to fucking suck um, I have a boost in projections to Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua I'm going to butcher his name so sorry about that no off no interest in Cam Akers I'm just skipping over this team as a whole let's look at that total though we opened up at 47 it is down to 45 and a half 46 and a half at stool. I think you definitely need to move on the under there. Um, I don't want to chase a bad number. When it opened at 47, we should have jumped then. but Circus down to 46, so only half point there, and then uh, FanDuel is at 45 and a half, but Seahawks offense, man, I really wanted to play a lot of Geno. I think this Rams defense is going to suck ass, and Jackson's Uh, Smith Najigova is probably going to get slowly worked in and you know the stack for Seattle it's going to Tyler Lockett, it's going to DK Metcalf so the best double stack um, in terms of like making a decision of where the target share is going to be, maybe second best uh, Cincinnati with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase Like it's pretty easy to double, if you're interested in double stacking your lineup um, these two teams are probably just the easiest thing to click and be like, yep, I know they're getting eight targets and some red zone targets. Uh, so it makes me feel safe in the double stacking world. But love DK Metcalf. Think that this is a blow up spot for him. But again, I don't see the Rams pushing the pace with that shit offense and shit team that they have. So um, leads a lot of the public to Kenneth Walker as the Seahawks are a five and a half point favorite currently opened up at five. I forgot to mention that. Kenneth Walker, 6K, pretty damn cheap. I'm sure we'll see some Zach Charbonnet. So that may keep some people off Kenneth Walker, but 6K, I'm seeing 18% ownership projection. Um, Player projection of 15.1, 15.4, 15.9. Mine is 15.25, so right on the market there. Not a ton of value at 6K, but this is a dude that could score two to three times in this game. So. You know, projections are just a little bit of a baseline. You need to use your your head here a little bit and think of the game. How did the Rams score? Do the Seahawks just run the living shit out of the ball? Maybe bring some DJ Dallas out too if you're trying to find a way to fade Walker. But I think if there's any running back outside of Nick Chubb that is likely to score two touchdowns on Sunday, it is probably Kenneth Walker. So for 6K, especially if you're a fan-duel person, touchdowns pretty much all the fucking matter over there. So give Kenneth Walker a serious look. Um, last two games here Patriots and the Eagles I really don't have a whole lot to say I mean Jalen Hurts is the best fantasy quarterback in football right now I don't see how the Patriots score the Patriots have a team total of 20 and a half though and this is like this is your classic trap line you look at it like how the hell are the Eagles only a four point favorite they are on the road Um, opened up as a three and a half point favorite actually that was even more alarming. they are up to four point favorites now opening total 46 and a half starting to go steady downward uh total sitting at 45 right now at circa 45 FanDuel points but pretty much everywhere um 45 and a half here for barstool again that it's like can be automated maybe they're using the score platform now i don't fucking care i hate that sports book um complaints for another day uh A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, again, just fantastic double stack. Again, maybe you don't say they're a top two double stack because of the passing volume just may not be there, but super explosive players. Obviously, you don't need me to talk about them a whole lot. Again, just don't see the Patriots pushing the pace, so maybe not a uh, home run game stack that I want to really get a part of. Um, no idea what to expect from the running back situation in Philly probably a three-headed monster like we've always seen but now it's Swift, Penny and Kenny Gainwell. Maybe we see some Boston Scott. We'll see. I'm assuming he will be a healthy scratch unless he plays special teams again this year. So, uh just not really interested in that game but doesn't look like the public is either so you get low ownership on the best offense in football arguably or probably right now uh with Jalen Hurts but Uh, With Kelsey out for the Chiefs, so that's probably the best offensive football. But everybody respects Belichick and how he's going to scheme away, you know, your stars. So we'll see who steps up for Philly. I just don't think you can contain A.J. Brown. And if you try to, then Devonta Smith's going to beat your ass. So they're just a really good football team. I don't know how the hell the Patriots have a team total over 20 points right now. I mean Ramondre Stevenson seven K, no way. I'd give me Kenneth Walker at six K again, the ownership, whatever. Call me a chalk donkey on that. I usually play it significantly different, but if you I will give you twenty dollars if you hear any other DFS podcast mention the name Austin Hooper. Not saying he's a good play, but no way fucking people get that deep with it. Um Packers Bears, let's uh let's hurry it up here. Packers wide receiving core is in shambles right now, so maybe look out for min price Jaden Reed, the rookie receiver for Green Bay to step in and have a good role. So pretty good punt play at 3K. Like again, for tournaments, you're thinking Elijah Moore, 20% owned at 3800. Your Dobbs and uh Watson don't go. I mean, Jaden Reed's ownership's probably gonna, you know, tick up a little bit, but I'd rather go down to three K, get the savings and play Jaden Reed. Um, this game I expect it to be really really slow I don't see Jordan Love and the Packers and LaFleur really pushing the pace I feel like they ride those running backs both of them AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones I think are in play certainly this week especially against the run defense the Bears brought to the table last year and it didn't get a whole lot better on paper opened at 44 on the total bet down to 42 42 and a half depending on where you're looking the bears opened as a three-point favorite i did take the packers plus three that is now down to one point favorite to one and a half point favorite for the bears not playing dj Moore, not paying 6k for him. i respect the packers defense a lot um but yeah i just i think if you're gonna play anybody it's probably the packers running backs and shit if you want to get crazy weird in the gpp i think you could play them both but I just think the clock's going to be running in this game all game long, so maybe something you don't want to truly invest in a ton. But quick positional breakdown, quarterbacks up top. I think if I had to choose from a floor perspective, I would take Lamar Jackson at 8K. Probably not going to get there. But overall, 6,900 for Justin Herbert, man, fire him up. That is a fantastic game. Probably not going to play Tua, but really good spot there too, and it's one of the best double stacks, I guess. Arguably, they're the best double stack now that I fucking think about it. And Tyreek and two and Waddle, you know what's going there. So, uh, honorable mention to him. I think Trevor Lawrence can blow up in the one half to three quarters that he plays, assuming Indy can't keep it close like the books somewhat think they can. But again, don't really think the Colts push the pace. Kirk, 2% Kirk. I don't know. I, I respect the Tampa Bay Bucks defense, like I mentioned. So, probably not going to get there. Gino, I think, fucking smashes. Um, I again just I keep saying and again the the pace on the other side so you get the theme. Uh, I love Gino from a GPP perspective, but it's tough to have a ceiling game when the Rams are on the other side. I just don't see the Rams running the ball a whole lot, so maybe the the clock stays around in that game and Gino gets you know thirty five pass attempts for three hundred and three touchdowns, and they go to Lockett and Metcalf and boom you uh, win yourself gpp with no one playing geno Deshaun watson excellent spot there at 6k russell wilson probably my favorite value quarterback play on the board at 5900 i don't like anybody in the 5ks maybe Derek carr i'm not playing that in dfs so Uh, baker mayfield for some reason i think he's somewhat viable in gpps just a pivot off of sam howell if you're kind of building the same lineup with the the punt plays, but Baker is going to be playing from behind most likely, and I see that game going back and forth because there's offensive weapons on both sides. So there's pace there, and I think that's a much better spot to invest if you're paying down for Sam Howell in GPP's running backs. Not really into Christian McCaffrey or Eckler just for the pricing. Um, obviously, they're great players, but I'd rather have Nick Chubb for cheaper. I'm going to pass on Bijan Robinson, Joe Mixon, six thousand eight hundred probably gets a shit ton of touches but again i think the same thing for alexander madison and probably a better game script at 6500 i'd rather go there aaron jones talked about him kenneth walker probably a cash game staple at 20 percent ownership in 6k rashad white i mentioned him i don't think his ownership will actually be as high as the market says it is raheem Mostert, if that's sub five i love that spot and you know jamal williams at 5,100, everybody's going to play. Maybe you pivot to Brian Robinson or try to get up to Mostert or Rashad White or just avoid the punt running back situation overall. Um Deion Jackson, keep an eye on him for cash. I'm not touching him in GPPs, but you certainly can if you need the savings. It's just not me. Uh, wide receiver, I'm going to play all of the Tyreek. I'm going to play a shit ton of Jamar Chase. And with the running backs I kind of just mentioned, you can do that. You could play them both. Uh, love Keenan Allen. Love Metcalf, you know, there's so many good players, so I don't need to go through all of them, but Christian, or Cortland Sutton at 5,200 is a fantastic value, my player pool just fucking disappeared, where do we go, there we go, didn't really miss anybody above, Christian, or Chris Olave, 15% owned, I know Tampa Bay secondary sucks, just not, not getting there. Mike Williams, 5,700. Absolutely love that. Debo, always interesting. Sub 5% owned, 5,500. Debo, come on now. Um, Pickens, Deontay Johnson, we talked about. Pittsburgh maybe having a little sex appeal this year on the offensive side of things. Van Jefferson's like the only game in town for the Rams, but probably not getting there. I think sales defense is going to come out to play this year, too. Um, punt wide receivers, Elijah Moore, the chalk, 3,800. Take a look at them in cash. That's about all I'd say. I'm not playing him in GPPs unless I'm stacking that game. If I'm playing Watson, Elijah Moore, and Njoku, or Watson, Elijah Moore and Cooper, running it back with Mixon and Chase, something like that. Then sure, get a game stack in. If you think that game's just going to score points back and forth, back and forth. Make a lineup that says that or tells that story. Get touches on every side of the game, you know, both sides of the ball, and every single drive your fantasy lineup is getting points. That's a great way to win a tournament. And tight end. Keep an eye on Andrews. Obviously the best play on the board at 6,200, but injury concerns. Hawkinson's in a good spot, too. Didn't want to overlook him. Um, Not really interested in Goddard, Higby, Ingram, any of those fucking guys this week. Uh, Dulcich, I think, has great GPP upside. If you're into believing in Russell Wilson, you certainly don't have to be. I won't argue that. Taysom Hill, probably see some of him now (laughs) at running back with Jamal Williams being the only game in town. I like Kate Otten at 3,300 for a GPP. Logan Thomas at 3,200, potentially not playing, so keep an eye on Cole Turner. And my puke play of the week is going to be Austin Hooper. It's Luke Musgrave, 13% ownership. Holy shit. Uh, that is interesting. So um, I guess you can keep an eye on Luke Musgrave in Cash. I know it's a rookie tight end, but he is running with the ones. He's running a ton of routes. He looks good. So with the injury concerns that we have there in Green Bay with Dobbs and Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave makes a lot of sense. I'm just not fucking touching that in the GPP. Thirteen percent on rookie tight end. Hell, fucking no. So uh, defenses, I like the Saints. You know, there's a ton of great defense out there. Obviously, the Eagles, Ravens, whatever you want to do, but play the Commanders in cash. I'll say that. But thank you all for tuning in. Greatly appreciate you. Let me know some feedback. But good luck this week. Uh, tune into the live stream on Sunday if you could. Um, if you're into that it is free just on youtube or whatever and support uh when daily better golf pod if you could as well uh give us a like and please um you know subscribe to the podcast whatever podcasters do i don't even know how that shit works and uh let me know on twitter at SticksPix s-t-i-x-p-i-c-k-s if you have any recommendations change of the audio or if i fucking suck whatever just let me have it i don't care i love clarity but if there's something else you want to hear something else you like or want me to dive into more that I mentioned on here, please do. But kick ass this week. Football's fucking back. Good luck in week one and go catch some lineups.